Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood podcast. I have an amazing guest with me today, Melody Joy, and she has literally guided me on so many things. And I had to bring her on because she's so clairvoyant and she's so on point. And I have a lot of friends that are really, really powerful and a lot of friends that can see and know, but not everyone is so clear. And so the clarity in this world is really, really um, prophetic right now. I don't know many people that are able to just see it as it is and um, explain it in a way, explain it specifically astrology in a way that's really understandable. And because some people make it so complicated and the stars are moving this way. And, th and I don't understand that. Like I need a language that I understand. And that's what I do with mystical motherhood. I try to bring these beautiful and, you know, outlandish esoteric concepts down to earth. And she really does that with the star system. And so She's going to talk about some really cool subjects today. We don't even know where we'll go because when the two of us get together, we start to channel and it's really fun. So I'm going to let her introduce herself and um, just start talking from there. Hi, everyone. I'm Melody Mystic Joy. I am a contemporary modern day mystic astrologer and intuitive I do a lot of work, I think, currently in this lifetime with birthing in the new reality, the new consciousness, and the astrology that's happening right now and in the last 30 to 40 years has been incredibly significant in the time that we're living in right now. And I, I truly believe that I'm a Hathor, an Egyptian Hathor, birthing this consciousness through. And I think many that are here right now are also part of this movement to shift humanity. And do you think for the specific audience that perhaps they're birthing it through their children, they're birthing it through their creative projects? Like what do you kind of get from the people that listen to Mystical Motherhood and read the books? I do. I think I think the energy is coming through the, the children that are coming in. Um, I also think that a lot is happening with the specific mothers and fathers that these children are choosing in order to come through with at can this you, time. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, sometimes it doesn't make logical sense as to why, you know, like with my ex-husband, like why we had to birth those children together. And like, then once we, I was talking with a girlfriend the other day and she, or just doing another podcast and she had to write a certain book and then they divorced. Right. And then for me, my divorce, like we were madly in love and then I had the kids. And then you think that's when the marriage really starts and it's when it kind of the contract ended now, why do kids cert choose certain parents? Why is, is it like a bloodline thing? Do you think it's an astro astrological thing? Well, it's both. I mean, it is bloodline. That's, you know, epigenetics, right? There's definitely certain vibrations that certain race, races, certain ethnicities hold, certain family lines. So there is that DNA component, but there's also an energetic, and astrologic component. I think that you could probably identify with the idea of cycles. I work with women as well um, through 
through menstruation and birth. It's a lot of what I do in the medical field. Um, but watching those cycles, you know, they're very specific. And so much of your work and that you've written um, about is those fertility cycles, right? When is the optimum, t- optimum time? And that's totally astrology. Like there's a time that's right. And so there's a resonance, there's an energy and there's a vibration and there's a coherence. So a lot of the way that souls come in is they're choosing the coherence or the energetic foundation of the parents to learn specific lessons. Because if everything was wonderful, well, we wouldn't need to have the experience of life. We wouldn't need to have um, the path of the initiate or the alchemist on this earth. You know, it's really about how do we access our divinity. And there's different things that different beings are learning at any given time. So they choose the parent that has the most resonant coherence with the what that soul is wanting to learn in this specific incarnation. Does that make sense? Yes. And it's so interesting. I was thinking, I don't know how to say this without offending anyone, but um, I found that the people, at least, you know, the people like I met, when I met Melody, we were both recognized each other, I believe as Hathors. And then we came together and it was beautiful. And I feel like the there's a lot of people that are, you know, I don't know, doing the deep, deep soul work on this planet. And they didn't necessarily come from the easiest upbringings, right? Their astrological beginnings were intense. And then they had to work through that to just, I don't know if it's grinding out, you know, the epigenetics of their family, of the humanity, of whatever mission they really came in to do. But then there's people that choose families that aren't so complicated, and they don't necessarily have, they don't work through so many things during their life. Now, do you think that one soul is higher than the other? Do you think that one has a mission? One's just incarnating on earth over and over. Maybe some are coming from different planets. Like, could you explain that a little bit? Yes. Um, well, first of all, it's diversity, right? There's infinite possibilities and we get, uh, we get the one that, again, that feels most in alignment, but souls go through incarnations and some lives are breaks they're breathers right so they come in and they don't have a lot of trauma they don't have a lot of um external circumstances that force them to shift and change as you know with alchemy the higher the heat the more there's going to be a you know a transformation it's going to be more dynamic and currently where we're at is we've lagged for so long with the consciousness of humanity we just um we've kind of missed the mark and there are cycles that happen every um every 2000 years that are part of a greater you know 24000 uh, year cycle so we're in this 2000 year cycle where it's like oop we're going to begin again but we have missed a lot and so we're we're at a time of energetic acceleration so at this time a lot of people have been born into, I would say, much more challenging environments so that they can help to transform and cleanse and alchemize the energy more quickly. So it might feel like the cards are stacked against you in some way, whereas another person is really here to help maintain, and that's the structure, right? So there's Some souls are here to maintain that equilibrium and some are working through the alchemical process. Yeah. Pastor, and I really like it how you're saying alchemy leads you to divinity. And I, and, and, 
in my books, I really describe alchemy can be, you know, there's different levels of it. You know, there are the people that are like, I'm going to burn through the fire so intensely. And, and, and that feeling, it's, it's very rare. It's so intense. I've been through it. I know you've been through it. The level of transformation, it, it, it's a physical, it's on, it goes on all levels of your body, spirit, and out into the cosmos. It is profound. But I guess you do need people on this planet that are more neutral because if all of us were going through that energy, I think the whole place would light on fire. Yeah, absolutely. It's total chaos, which we need. We need a lot of it right now because we need to start to um, find a new baseline, a new equilibrium. So there are folks that are holding that structure, that masculine energy with a little bit more consistent energy. And then there are those of us like myself that are here to push through the fire. It's a lot of cardinal energy to begin something, to push it through, to get it ignited and moving forward. And do you think that as we move into this new age, we can actually find divinity with, within the divinity around us? Like we won't need that contrasting um, base level energy to transmute. Does that make sense? Like maybe we can just find divinity through peace. Why, why not? Is, are we moving into an age where the heart center will be more open with everyone and then we don't need that level of high alchemy? Yes, but not in our lifetime. That's not, I think those, for the next 50 years, we are in a time of great transition. And when I met you in Egypt, I saw you in my mind. I met you in my mind before I even saw you in the physical embodiment and in Egypt, which is a very significant, powerful place. And at a very powerful time, this was, I think, a few years ago when the nodes were in Cancer and Capricorn, which is all about the feminine and masculine polarity, right? And we've been living in a, for a long time, hundreds of years where the patriarch has ruled, the masculine energy has ruled. And part of meeting in Egypt was to bring forth this feminine energy that's um, more in alignment from moving into that place where you can have peace and feel your divinity, but we're not there. So it's that's that part of alchemy where we try to find balance and equilibrium. And, and in order to do that, we're, we're transitioning. And this transition is going to take a long time. It's not going to happen in our lifetime. But I think that those are the souls that are here as mothers currently, and then the children that are coming in are part of this new paradigm. The children that are here now and the ones that have come in over the last few years, they are so anchored. I see them come in. So I see children come in before they're actually in their mother's wombs and they're coming in and they're holding this exactly what you're talking about, this grounded divine field or force and so their nature is going to help to anchor in this this space where we can connect to the divinity but there's a lot of us here who have been living for many years in a system that has been very perverted in many many ways and so we have to shift it and the mothers that are bringing these new beings in have to shift in order to hold the vibration of, of, of these children that are, that are coming through because they are in alignment with this space and place of ease, of divinity, and, and we're not. We're still catching up. And do you think that's why the timing is so important with the children? You were saying about that earlier, about the timing, you know, about you see it, it's about to come in, like how, how 
you know, even with me and my timing with certain things. So like, ex could you explain that a little bit? And, and I know that we've talked about, you know, the Horus energy. And I have to tell you what led me to Egypt was, uh, I got these, I think I've told you before, but I got these 46 photos in my phone at the Himalayas. I think, and then they're like the DNA and then they turned into the 48 photos, which I'm like, oh, those are at the bottom of the pyramid. That's the new Christ consciousness code, the 48 chromosomes of Christ consciousness. And one of the pictures, I mean, that it's all in my book, Alchemy Becoming, if anyone's, um, it's a great story. Anyway, so this, the, one of the pictures was the eye of Horus. At least I think it was, unless it was the eye of Ra. I don't know. It's this straight up eye. And I, you can, I've even showed it to the most skeptic of skeptics. And I'm like, I don't show it to a lot of people because you don't bring that kind of stuff up. It's weird, right. you know, to many, but like to us, it's very normal. And what does that, you know, what is that? What is, is that the power of the feminine? Is that the power of Isis? Is that the, the Horus child coming through? Tell me what, what that meant for me and, or in general for humanity. Um, the eye of Horus is so significant, um, in, in the pantheon of gods and goddesses in Egypt, it's Isis, Osiris, and Horus. It's the mother, the father, and the child. So the child energy is Horus, but in astrology, it's directly connected to Mercury. So Horus is Mercury. And we were, um, at the Kom temple uh, in I think just off the Nile and we were going into this temple and it was the temple of medicine you and I are both in the medical field so in this temple they had hieroglyphics on the wall and I was looking at the hieroglyphics and I saw the eye of Horus and the eye of Horus looks exactly like mercury when it's in retrograde rx Oh. In retrograde is RX. Now, if you go to the doctors and you get a prescription, guess what it is? RX. It's a prescription. Mercury is mind. Mercury is also the masculine counterpart of the feminine, which is Venus, Aphrodite. When you hear the word hermaphrodite, Hermes, Mercury, mind. We all have mind. So that's our masculine part is mind. And then Venus, Aphrodite, it's our feminine part, it's our emotions, it's our body. So the medicine, right? Because prescription is an RX um, in the medical field. So the medicine is mercury. Mercury is the mind. And when you see RX, just like it says in the prescription, um, it looks exactly like the eye of Horus. And this was in the Kom Ombu temple off the Nile when we were there. And so the new medicine is coming through the child. And I think there's this place in like the gospel of Thomas or something that says, and it's not, you know, it's around sounds something like this. Don't quote me verbatim, but it's like when the man becomes woman and the woman becomes man, you shall enter the kingdom of heaven. So just holding there for a minute, again, polarities, masculine and feminine, we each have it, we're emotional, we're mental, we have a body, we have a spirit. These polarities or opposites are in us all. And when they come together, that's the middle path. In Kundalini, it's the middle way, it's Shashuma, it's, it connects to our spine. We have a left and right side, masculine and feminine polarity. Also in medicine, when you look at medicine in the icons and symbols of medicine, you see the caduceus. And the caduceus 
is this cross with two snakes moving up the cross. And those two snakes coming up the cross are those masculine and feminine polarities of Kundalini and the Horus energy is that middle path that we access through the mind, the divine mind. There's three minds. We have like in astrology, they're, they're air signs, right? Because air is mental. And we're in the age of Aquarius, which is the highest octave of mind. We're here for 2000 years. So, you know, it, it's like get altruistic or bust. Like we're all here together. So we're moving beyond the self. And I do want to mention the eclipses that are taking place that are super significant in the US. But that higher mind is, is where we're heading. The lower mind is like our day-to-day reality. It's what we do. And then the middle mind is in relationship. So we're all working with this energy, but that Horus energy is specifically here now. And this is a download that I got from Egypt when I met you, which was such a significant time because the eclipses were on the masculine and feminine polarity of Cancer and Capricorn. That's the patriarch, the systems we live in. And then the feminine is Cancer, the mother. And God knows that women have been repressed through time. And then last year with um, COVID, sickness and health, again, back to Mercury RX, how do we heal ourselves? We heal through the mind first and foremost, and then it materializes. It materializes. So, and then everything with COVID and then Black Lives Matter brought up a lot of themes about slavery and freedom. And this is going to be the template that we're all going to be working on, regardless of your color and race. I am Black mixed, so it feels very connected to my epigenetics. I'm here to liberate on a deep level. I know I came in as a woman of color because I knew I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to go to earth and I'm going to sizzle through this shit that's going on. I'm going to really transform the trauma and the wounding so we can get to that juicy Horus energy where we're like, oh my God, I'm into my divinity and I can express it in any single way that I want. And we're moving in that direction, but there is still a lot of work in order to birth this new consciousness mind through, which is again, RX, which is the eye of Horus. And Mercury goes retrograde every year, right? And so retrograde means going back. So we can literally rewrite our minds. What you mentioned in your book about trauma and your relationship with your father and healing that, how do we heal anything? We go back in our minds and go through those experiences. And when we go back into our minds, if there's trauma from a breakup or, you know, I work in the medical field with a lot of women who have miscarriages. I see it a lot. There's trauma connected to conceptions that um, do not come all the way through. We go back into the mind and access our body and heal it with a new consciousness. So we change our reality, the material the the mother, the mater, the Isis, by reflection, by going back, the medicine, so that we can rewrite a new script, rewrite a new reality. And that is the true power and freedom of what is here. We all have a choice to make. We're either going to continue to move um, in ways and in structures that are repressive and are oppressive, or we're gonna be like, I'm gonna take a risk. I'm going to put it all on the table. I'm going to open myself to this middle way, that place where we come together, where it's like total excitement and total fear at the same time. And we keep moving forward to open ourselves to our divinity. So we choose our divinity. And this is the time right now we're in a portal where you can choose your divinity or you can continue to live in slavery. 
mentally. It's up to you. And there's no wrong move. You can't make a wrong choice. Like if that's what you do, that's fine. You can't, it's, you cannot get it wrong and you cannot miss it because we are already going there. And so everyone will get there. Um, profound, so profound. And it makes so much sense. So when I write my books, I write them in total innocence, like as if a child is finding out something completely new. And, and then later I'll read about it. You know, then later I'll receive a book that's like, oh, what I wrote about Israel. Like I remember in Fertile, I saw I was in Scotland and I was downloading how the embryo develops. And I kept seeing in my mind's eye, like first there's the pronuclei, then the nucleus develops in the middle, and then it separates into these cells and these cells. And they were explaining to me, you know, once these develop, then sound comes in. Once, once this develops, then tastes come in. And this is where consciousness is formed right in the beginning, right? And I explained that in my book, Fertile. Then two years, three, three years later, I'm hired at Genesis, Genes of Isis, and I'm in the embryo lab. And they're like, look at the embryo develop. And it's, and I'm coming at it completely innocent. They're showing me this is the pronuclei and this is, you know, how it separates. And I'm like, I wasn't wrong. Mm. I just wrote down what I, what I saw, what I was experiencing, just hoping that it was correct and taking a chance like, into my divinity, right? And with my book, Alchemy Becoming, I didn't know what alchemy was. I was just explaining my process. And then one day, I've, I recognized, oh, this is true alchemy. It's, it's letting these subconscious mind things that destroy you. And I see it with women. My journey is really, um, it's potent for the women that are listening because a lot of women come to me that are on this um, fertility journey and they're like, I'm going to have a baby a certain way. I am going to do this. And sometimes they're, they're 44 years old, 45. And it's like, you need to have a donor egg. And they can't hear it. And for me, it was like, I needed to let go of the relationship because that was like my mind thought that that would bring me love and divinity. And that is not what will necessarily bring me love and divinity. I'll bring myself love and divinity. And for the women that are listening, that are on that road of like grinding of whatever it is they want, like a career, it could be whatever you're, whatever it is you're out there wanting and your mind is saying that's going to make you happy. Like that is the RX. That's that. That's the prescription you need to. That's what you need to prescribe yourself in the deep healing. Is whatever you follow your mind's thoughts, and that basic basic desire is what's going to drive you crazy, right? Once you go back and you take it, you you let it go, and it's so hard. But that's the alchemy. That's the deep deep alchemy. You'll get psychologically tested over time. Mm -hmm. So so even even now that I've truly given it up. I've, I've even gotten psychologically tested. Like, are you going to go back into those toxic relationships? Are you going to go back into the toxicity? Even in the most needed times, like where you think, like right now, you know, where you know what's going on. Like, I'm not going to go back. You know, I, I chose, I chose to, to not do it and to, to be alone. And I chose to do what my, I would fear the most. And in that is such a deep healing to find your divinity. I mean, is that what you went through too, where you, you get tested and tested and tested and tested and then God's like, okay, we're done now. Do you feel like that? I do. Look, babe, um, I had eight years. I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm a, you know, uh, an attractive, intelligent young woman. And I went through eight years of really wanting a partnership. And it was like every time a guy would come in, there's this magnetic attraction and then boom, he was gone. There was like a repulsion. And so 
My core signature wound, which I believe many people have, is one of abandonment or rejection. And that also, I think, really comes back to the fundamental wound of being separated from our divinity, right? Because Earth, let's get real, is very challenging. There's a lot of things that um, don't really allow us to drop into that deep space where we're like, oh, yeah, I'm totally the universe and, and, and God, goddess or divine. And so my process was I was looking for love outside of self. I was looking to fulfill what I felt was like a longing or a yearning or a needing to have it some way in order to be okay. And I kept getting all of these experiences that ultimately broke my heart. They broke my heart, but they broke it open. And those are the places where, you know, Rumi says the light enters through the wound, right? It's the softest spot that when we do surrender, and that's feminine, the feminine principle is surrender. Like even during orgasm, to be super fertile, there has to be total surrender. There's going to be more fluid. There's gonna, it's your endometrial lining starts to fluff up much more. So that space of surrender is where the light of consciousness Consciousness comes in. It's beyond, and it's beyond the lower mind, the thinking mind. It, it, it's where we connect to divinity. Of course, like conception is a very divine process. And for me, these guys like were part of that process of breaking my heart open, so that I was forced. And this is what I think are soul contracts. And this is why I do astrology. I love astrology. I'm like, okay, where are your soul contracts? Like, what did you sign up for? What kind of relationships and dynamics are going to be in your life where you're going to play out some of these more painful, challenging aspects of life? And for me, that was with relationship. I have a ton of stuff in Libra. Libra is all about love and relationship. I have a lot of planets there. And so for me, it was all of the relationship dynamics, which of course, the polarity of Libra is Aries. And who's Aries? It's the self. So for me, every relationship for eight years pushed me back deeper into myself, into that wounding, into the original separation, which is God, goddess, divine, how could you betray me? And I think we all know this and experience it in some way when we're, um, when we feel betrayed or angry or hurt, there's something in us that's like, hey, this is not the truth of what I feel myself is or my being. I feel like I deserve better or it should be different. And part of that process of breaking open, process of breaking open the heart is the surrender to this force, for lack of a better word, that is really our source that is calling us back home. And for me, when I let go, I finally let go of um, all of these relationships. I, I was in Colombia, which is the heart chakra of the new heart chakra of earth. And I went through the thing that I grieved there. The biggest grief for me is that I'm 42 and I will never have children. And this was less of, I'm not fertile enough to have it, but more of a, um, this is not what my soul has contracted to do. I know that by looking at my astrological chart. I know, I know that. I, I am here to be a mother of adults, of, of grown humans, to help them. Every many, I should say, of the women that I work with are mothers to many children. And I feel that um, that's part of my work is to support them and help them transform so that they can be in alignment with these beings that are powerful and magical. 
so that they can feel held and supported until they align with whatever their own contract and divinity is within themselves, their own Horus code, their own alchemical gold. Um, I have to say something that is like what about the mother, letting go of the need of, to be the mother. And it's almost like, I mean, we, this is really deep and I want to get into it with you. So I'm going to be more personal now, but I was in this long-term relationship and then I left it. I had the whole thing that people want. Like we were always together. We were that couple that like, we, we did, we had an awesome life. We really did. And it wasn't perfect on the inside and there was lots of secrets, but um, on the outside, it was really good. And, and anyway, I left, I, I chose to leave that long-term relationship. I could have been married the rest of my life. And then when I left, I wanted to be in a relationship again. Like, and I had just left it, but as I left it, my prayer was help me to awaken humanity. Mm-hmm. Help me to get on my mission. This is the most important thing in my life. So I chose to leave the relationship even though my strongest prayer is my mission, right? And then my mind took me on this path of like, you need to be in a relationship. You need to be in a relationship. I found, because I'm pregnant now, and I found that I was only looking for a relationship to have this child. So I was panicking. I was, in a, I was in a rush of like, I need to find a partner. And I see it so much with women. I need to find a partner and then, or they wait to find the partner and then they come into the fertility center around the age of 41 or 42. And they're like, I found him. And then I'm going to have my baby now. And then, then they can't, right? And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, 37. I want to have this baby with my other children. This is part of my mission. This child's been trying to come through and it's a boy. And he's been trying to come through and I, I, I kept looking for him, trying to get him through these partners. And it was never about the partner. It was about my need to be the mother, my need to finish my mission through that motherhood. And so if I wouldn't have found the partner, I guess I would have had to give up that dream of being a mother. Do you know what I mean? I would have had to just give it, give it because I was if I would have married the wrong man, I would have been trapped in the wrong relationship and been in that frequency forever raising the child. So using the way I did it was basically with a donor in, a, in its own way. So I would love to hear you speak about that for women that when we don't, when we're chasing after something, but what we think we're chasing after isn't really the thing. You know, like, do you feel like you went through that too, that you were chasing something and then that's not really what you were chasing? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, you know, I thought it was the man and the relationship. And then as soon as I let that go, I found myself and I was like, wow, I'm amazing. I started to, I started having active Kundalini in the last five, 10 years. I started getting all these psychic intuitive gifts. I started really connecting into like the meta picture of reality. And really what I got was like a download of the Bodhisattva. I'm, I'm here to find awakening in myself, but also assist all others and not step across the threshold of totality or samadhi until all others are are in that space. And when I came back from Colombia, the whole, like, I need to have a partner thing went away. And then because my biggest grief in Colombia on this spiritual trip was, um, I'm not going to be a mother. As soon as I came back from that trip, I hadn't had, I feel like I wasn't sexually active for like a, like a year, like for, well, eight years, every once in a while, someone would come in for like a little bit, but it, you know, it never stuck. So when I came back from Colombia, 
I was with three men in one week. There was something in my field that was like, you need to conceive right now, right? Because it's like, as soon as you grieve something, I feel like you let it go, right? But then there's like part of the deep mind that's like, no, I'm not going to let it go. I'm in that tenacious, I got to have it my way kind of energy. And that's ego. And the thing about ego is it separates us from divinity. And, and we, we get to choose every moment of every day. Okay, am I going to lean into the divine and the surrender and the feminine principle? Or am I going to lean into this place where I want to control reality, which is the ego? And we go back and forth all the time. Masculine energy is very clear, though. When you know something, you go for it, right? You create it, you manifest it. There's a part of the masculine energy that's directly connected to the Sophia energy, which I think is the feminine higher consciousness that when we get that we're like okay i know this is the thing because there's not a lot of struggle or everything can be falling apart around you and you're like wow i'm totally okay with that like this is fine like that is in alignment that is in flow that i feel like is that divine space so when i came back i i, I thought i can see you know conceived i was fertile and like and all of all of the fears came up around conception and i felt like oh you know what this conception is if i want to conceive it's not going to be with a partner and that was very clear to me the universe was like okay you want to conceive you want to have it your way you're not going to have a partner like and so that came up and then i didn't conceive because that's that was my divine path and what ended up happening is i met my current partner who I've been with for almost two years and we are total divine connection and we are here to help heal each other and here to help heal um, the universe. And now by saying that, I'm not implying that you can't have a partner and your child because you absolutely can. It depends on what your soul is contracted for, what you are learning as an individual in this lifetime. And we all are learning different things. And life is like a blink of an eye. It's just a small piece of totality. And that is also going back to that inner infinite resource of mind is like when we extract ourselves back into the innermost part of our being, we're in this deep wellspring of love where I believe the highest octave of love, I think a, I think a close second is motherhood, but that, that first is our, is our divine alignment with our own higher being or God or goddess or whatever spiritual concept is resonant for you. That first divinity is everything. That first amalgamation is pure gold. And then the mother, again, that's like the Osiris, and the Isis, like the, the mother, the feminine principle puts that connection of God and self back together. And what's birthed from that is the Horus. And right now, I feel like I am excited. I am really excited. This is a very challenging time for people. It's a very, very challenging time that we're living in in 2020. A lot of astrological stuff says that, you know, we're going to be suffering for, you know, six more years plan on it. There's going to be a lot of shifting and changing things things around security and structure and finance and um, our own personal well-being is going to be challenged over and over again. But I am super excited about it because like my soul's like, oh my God, I totally came here for this. But part of this process and all the discomfort is to activate that place and desire that says, oh, I don't need to have, I don't need to conceive, or I don't need to, I don't need to be afraid to conceive and be by myself, or I 
you know, can trust that the way things unfold, especially with conception and pregnancy and partnership is exactly the way that it needs to be. And coming from that softer space of alignment rather than controlling. Because as soon as you set out energetic intentions of control in this way, if it's not in alignment, the universe, like you said, it's going to just throw all these situations where you're like, what is going on? But they're part of that, that alchemy of like wearing down the ego so that we can feel that inner light or inner higher love that, that is really underneath all things. Mm -hmm. So how can we I mean, I still want to get into astrology, which is why we began talking, but we're having so much fun. I told you we'd just start going. I was like, I was like right before this, I said, we're just going to start channeling. Um, what do we tell the mothers that, you know, everybody, I feel like with this group, it's like either they're wanting a baby, they can't get it. They often come to me for a miracle. They're like, you're a healer. You're, I have it all the time. You're a healer. You're my last chance. And I tell them the truth, which is the truth is often something they can't want to, and they, and they get so surprised because they think they think I'm very woo woo. And, um, and then I'm going to like provide them a healing that's going to have them conceive this child in a certain way. Right. Okay. And I'm like, no, actually, you know, this is physiology and this is really what's happening in, in, in your body. And this is why it probably won't happen this way, you know? And so how do we teach women um there's other ways to do it until how do they let go with like with a donor egg i'm a huge fan it's coming up all the time it I mean it, it it is it is a huge subject and i think it's going to be needed more and more as we move forward in these dark, dark times particularly with conception and i think conception where some will become very easy conception where for others it's going to become even more polar in even the in the fertility world of like i cannot conceive in those that just like magically conceive very quickly right of the energetics of that what can we tell the women that are so afraid of donor eggs what do you think about that and then i want to go into astrology and what's happening with all the planets well i think with donor eggs it's actually very beautiful because um it's this intersectionality, right? You're bringing different energies together. And like I mentioned before, this idea of contracts. So when you have other DNA inside your DNA, there's something very beautiful that takes place. You know, um, when you, I mean, I'm, I'm a mixed girl, right? So I, there, I have a lot, my epigenetics, my mother is Irish German. My father is, um, is African-American, but on his side, he's very black, but he had some, some Nordic ancestry. So I have a lot of different um, energy in my body on a cellular level, on a DNA level. And so in conceiving in that way through donor eggs, you're, there is an alchemy where it's as if you're pulling in something that your soul needed to have, your energy needed to have in order to align with the conception of the being that's come through, right? So this is the other thing. It's a lot about the children that are coming through and what they need in the environment that's going to work for them. And there are, with every circumstance, there's always a lesson 
there's always growth. There's always a place of deeper clarity. And for me, if I resist anything, there's something there, right? And I'm, this is, you know, a lot about the astrology that we're, we're seeing and we're going to see 2024 is going to be a big year because of an eclipse in Aries and who is Aries? It's ourselves. And a lot of what needs to happen right now is about clearing the self, clearing the trauma of the self, the karma of the self, controlling energy also is part of that egoic part that will not sustain the child that's coming through. So if you're getting a donor egg, maybe on your own, if you conceived it, it wouldn't be able to hold the vibration of the child that's coming through. So there's something there. It's some unique configuration that's specific to the being that wants to come through. There's, and it creates an alignment and a change in the mother through the emotional, <clears throat> mental, and physical process of having a donor egg in the body. Because it's very different. It's activating certain things about how you feel with that specific situation. Do you know what I mean? Like things that You're come up. giving up control. Exactly. And, 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 the, and I find with people with donor eggs, it takes... For me, knowing what I know, and if I was in their situation, I would jump directly to a donor egg. Now, I, that's not my fear. You know, that's not the thing I needed to work through, right? I, would, I, I know that, like, I like, to, I, like, I like to get things quick. And so, like, I know that, you know, I'm not going to waste five years doing 10 rounds of IVF at the age of, you know, 43, 44 to think, to try to control my 1%, one to 4% chance of conceding. Um, that for me, I would just let go and do the donor egg. But I also believe that we program epigenetically program these children and that it doesn't, it's microscopic, you know? And so it's a microscopic piece of DNA that then we can epigenetically program with our own consciousness. But it's almost like the people's consciousness that are against donor eggs, they're not, their consciousness even, even isn't even there to understand that you can epigenetically program the DNA. And if they really understood that, and I hope this podcast really helps with that, then they would let go and be like, oh, it's not, you know, I actually do have a little, like, it's like you can transfer control in some ways. Like I can try not try to control it outside of my body, but I can begin to control myself within my body. And from that, you know, inner control comes that divinity of like, well, let me just put all that stuff I was trying to do to have this baby a certain way and start to change myself enough that I can hold this baby and become that grail, I guess. Yeah, but holding, but letting go is very challenging, especially all of us have things where that's so where we are right now, astrologically, the next three years, especially like, how can we let go of places and spaces related to security and the body? And that means we're going to be challenged and something like just letting go doesn't always happen quickly for people. No, babe. I mean, eight, it took me eight years to finally be like, oh, okay. I'm like totally worthy of self-love and total embodiment of divinity right here. Oh yeah. Like, why didn't I get that? Like day one, why did it take me eight years? Right. Because there's something very specific that happens over that course of time. You know, like I needed that in order to really anchor. And what does anchor mean? It means it's holding steady. It's holding the boat that's on the water, that's constantly moving steady. So that's an internal process. No amount of money, no amount of um, 
the right partner or the right job is going to give it to you. And that's where true freedom is, is when we realize that it's in us. And that's a decision. It's a decision and it means that we have to let go of something. And usually if there's resistance to something and something needs to be let go of, and in order to let go, we have to grieve. And what is grief? It's painful. It, it's, it, it's painful because it forces us to go so deep within ourselves that we know that our life will be changed forever. Just like if someone has this option to have a donor egg and they choose not to, well, they don't have to let anything go. But if they are willing to receive it, that process of what you call in your book alchemy, these steps that grief, you know, grief process is also a step process of letting go is going to be there. And it's very uncomfortable and it's very uncomfortable for the ego and it's very uncomfortable for the mind. But what is available in that space of surrender is so much joy so much love, so much connection, and so much ease. And we're all here letting go of something at this time. And it just, it takes the time it takes. Like I'm stubborn. Like it took me eight years, you know, for my particular process, but it doesn't have to. And we're at a time right now where you're like, oh, you know what? I can change my mind now. I can drop the anchor. Boom. I'm going to, I'm going to grieve and I'm going to start to move on. And then you stay with the vibration of conception. You stay with the, that's the Horus energy. You stay with what's new. You've got a hold of it. It's in you. And then you just continue to work in alignment with it, it until, until birth. And also with the grieving process, which I had to go through too, with my own conception of like, okay, I'm going to do this an entirely new way. I thought it had to be with a partner in a certain way. So I had to grieve that. And then that self-love, this deep, deep connection, and also back to the connection of my first prayer came through so powerfully. Like, oh, I forgot. Like, I actually left everything for this mission. I left everything for my books. I left everything, you know, for what I came here to do. That was my real deep prayer. And this baby will perhaps help with that prayer because I'm no longer searching for anything. I'm just within myself. And I also find that the grief came with creating boundaries of, you know, when I got tested. Mm -hmm. And so often we, our old ego self wants to go into the toxicity or into the past again, wants to go back in. And so, and that, that toxicity or that person or that thing will always come back in and and dance with you Mm -hmm. in whatever form. It'll always come back. So you can always choose it again. But it's like the boundaries of saying, no, I think I'm just going to be alone in relationship with myself. Um, Boundaries of saying like, no, I'm not going to talk to that person or no, I'm not going to, you know, engage with my mother in an old fight, whatever your thing is, whoever's listening, it's like creating that boundary. There's going to be grief within the boundary because you're then changing Mm -hmm. and you're, and then you have to choose to be alone rather than be in a, you know, a relationship that's not healthy for you or, Boundary of saying like no to another IVF process or boundary of whatever the thing is you're saying no to. There's grief in that. Absolutely. But as soon as the grief is experienced and processed, something so magical opens up that really deep, fertile space for what's in alignment with the soul is just shows up. Yeah. Space is available. And that 
whatever is in alignment with the soul will be in alignment with that higher frequency you've been conceived. Could you talk a little bit about the astrology in the next like seven years and, and all into like the new age in, in a way that people can be like, oh shit, this is why we're going through this. I mean, we both understand the heart opening of humanity that we're going through. And we understand it because we're the gateway keepers of it in some ways, like really allowing it through ourselves. Now, other people don't mentally or physically or emotionally get it yet. So what's going to happen and what was these eclipse seasons and what can we expect for solstice? Um, God, the solstice, there is a lot coming up and I really feel the themes are around freedom and slavery and choosing on multiple levels, just on a like more mundane level, 2020 with Black Lives Matter, this huge movement about what is the United States really founded on? Slavery, the economics, everything, everything. Of, of human beings. So regardless of what race you're, you are, it's come up. And I want to say that the eclipse that took place in 2017, and then um, 2024 is going to create an X directly over the United States. So I think the United States is very important with the transition that we're going through right now and changing consciousness. So this solstice, I think, is really, um, it's going to activate a lot of energy connected to structure and old outdated structures in moving from the masculine to the feminine is well the feminine does not need anything outside of self in order to align for instance women when they hang out long enough frequently enough start to cycle at the same time it's a silent wisdom that's always there so we are moving into that and so this um solstice on the 21st and then the full moon on the 24th of June is like a squeeze for some of those outdated, repressive, oppressive structures. And a lot of people are going to be challenged physically, financially, um, in their own bodies, because this is what's happening now in one way happened during the Great Depression. So economics and political structures will definitely be affected. But the balance of this is finding that security within, right? Um, how can we find home in our hearts? How can we, what with COVID and everything that happened, what came up for you as far as what is security to you? Like for me, I had a few girlfriends and we would like cook dinner together once a week and go for, for walks. And we were in this little pod. We created this little community and there was so much laughter and dancing in the kitchen and talking and there was so much joy. It was like, oh, that's my takeaway. Like I need community. I need connection. I need joy. I need to be in that space of creativity, like the kitchen. So for everyone, what was that um, insight that was gifted to you during 2020, as far as like what your soul is actually going to need in order to navigate the next six years? You're, this is Uranus and Taurus. Um, so it's definitely about challenging structures. And that eclipse that we had in 2017, when it went through the U.S., it went from um, Arizona, wait, went from the Northwest, 
So Washington State all the way through, and then it crossed over Charleston, South Carolina. Now Charleston, South Carolina is where most of the slave trade took place in the U.S. Isn't that interesting? And then we had all of this stuff surface post-eclipse. Um, 2017, the last few years have been a lot when of... It, when was it in 2017? Uh, I think it was, sorry, um, August. Interesting. Yep. Because that's when I moved to Europe to go, and that's when my destiny really started to take off. In 2017, I had no idea, because I, I don't know astrology. Like, it's not my field. I think I've had it in past lives, but like... I listen to you and to other people for that information. And it's so right on with your life, you know? Yeah. Just a few dates for anyone listening that are super significant. If you want to kind of reflect about like, where were you and what were you doing at that time is May, 2011 um, until 2012. So that's a huge significant time. This is where a lot of the feminine energy came in. So I feel like we are all closing a path from 2011 to 2020. Another cycle that started was 2017 and it's going to close in 2024. So 2017 is really important. And also in 2017, listening into what your personal polarity is, what your personal, like what's your inner, your inner feminine saying, what's your inner masculine saying. And the masculine is like, you know, again, it's the mind, but it's also our systems that hold us in place, like our jobs and um, our, you know, 401ks and our houses and all of those things where the feminine energy is more about who are the people that you're connected with? Who, what, how's your family? Um, how are you um, expressing your divine feminine energy? Because that's definitely what got activated in 2011 was Christ consciousness, but it's through the archetype of the Magdalene. So it's coming through the archetype of the feminine and women have been repressed um, for so long. So how do we step out and speak our truth? And what ways are you aligning with that divine part of the powerful feminine and not the subdued repressed feminine that gets um, excluded from a lot of life in a lot of different ways? So it's a very empowering time. In 2017, I feel is really about our new pathway for our egoic self, right? Because it's in Leo, it's heart, it's um, it's love. And there's a saying that I that I really feel is connected to these eclipses, 2017 and 2024, is that when the lion lays down with the lamb, because it's in the first eclipse, 2017 in Leo, is our heart, it is our ego structure. And then 2024 in April is going to be the second eclipse in the sign of Aries, which is about ourselves. So from now until 2024, it's going to be a lot about security, polling, polling the insights you gained from 2020 and COVID. Like what, what are some of those new um, places of security in your own life and your own heart. There's also like a, a bigger scope of it with money too, like Bitcoin and things of that nature um, are out there too. There's going to be new structures with with money, but it's really about especially those who are going to be mothers because Taurus 
is ruled by Venus and directly connected to the Egyptian Hathors, how are you creating space in your heart and your own personal life to um, create a secure environment for a new child coming through? And it's, these children are beyond the material. <laughs> they don't care. They're magicians. They're already coming in. They're going to be the teachers of the women and the mothers that they come through. You're just going to get that initiation. It's just going to be there. So this is the time to start aligning with a more fluid, broader bandwidth of how you can view life. And so 2024 is going to be that second line. Again, the X that goes through the United States, it's going to this time go from the southwest through arizona and then come up through like new york and where i'm at in vermont right so this is going to be a very different eclipse because the southwest is so sacred right there's so much wisdom there and then coming through the northwest there's a lot of old mountains here so it's really bringing some deep wisdom through and so that's going to be part of it and a lot of that because it's in aries is like that the dark night of the soul for self, like, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to lean in, to take the initiative, to do internal work, to um, liberate yourself. Because again, this solstice coming up is about if you're not choosing freedom, you're going to continue to interface with those circumstances that keep you repressed in whatever specific way um, that you might have already been experiencing it. But it'll give you the option to choose self, to choose divinity, and to choose this new reality. Yeah, which... it's so interesting when you say choosing freedom versus and security, because it's exactly what has been my challenge. Is like, what is security to you? How do you find your own freedom? And for me, like, COVID never scared me. Masks don't bother me. I, I mean, not much of that stuff. I'm just like, whatever. You know, like I don't, my mind doesn't get, it, it, it's always been the male and the female dynamic that really triggers me. Um, the separation from God, really. And so whatever your thing is, or you're list, if you're listening, whatever that is, like go deep into that, like, and, and almost like go to the opposite. So if it, in polarity, in order to go to neutrality, if I'm really, really angry, if I stop and take a moment of like, going into the peace, I can get to that neutral place. Yeah. And so it's like, you're, you're, go, you're going to be challenged. The freedom of your thoughts will be challenged by the polarity of them. And so you're going to, at least, you know, if you're in complete fear or you're in complete grief, feel it, but then what does it feel like to go happy? You can go to the other emotion quite quickly with emotional intelligence and feel both at the same time to go to that place of neutrality. Just, you know, don't you feel like that's what's happening a lot with a lot of people is there's this polarity on the planet, but also polarity within you until you get into your heart center, you're going to feel within your mind and back to the Ayahuas, that's the healing RX is to feel, I was just reading and last night I opened a book about it. It's like, once you feel one emotion, feel the other, you know, simultaneously. And from those, from that sensation, you can go back into neutrality because it doesn't matter. Absolutely. This is something that I use with my spiritual coaching clients is that if there's a fear, I, I walk them through a meditation. What's that fear? What's the worst possible case scenario? Because you're going to play that. Most people will just play the worst case possible scenario over and over again and literally call it into to being, right? So using the exercise of going there 
feeling it viscerally, somatically in the body, living out, okay, well, if I don't get this job, that means that I'll have to keep looking. It means more, more, to, whatever it is. And then go to the polarity. Oh my God, I'm going to get this job. It's going to give me so much freedom. It's going to give me money. It's going to give me health insurance. I'm going to, you know, and really go there and then come to the place of neutrality and then listen in. So that's exactly what you're talking about is depolarizing because from that space, who cares what happens? You've already energetically processed through both of them. And that is mercury. It's mind, right? So how do we process through? Go ahead and take, I mean, it's not control. It's like, you're literally taking your power back. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to walk through this myself. I'm not just going to throw all my power and project it out onto the world and see what comes back. No, I'm going to align up and be a co-creator, which is exactly what motherhood is. I'm going to be a co-creator with universal energetic forces. It's straight up magic. And it's so beautiful, but it's, it's really interesting how people will choose slavery. We'll literally choose, I call it golden handcuff slavery. I'm just going to do what society gives me. I'm going to follow the parameters of what's already showing up. Mm -mm. It's, you know, it's fine if you're going to do that, but there is in another way to create the reality you crave, to manifest, to call in what you feel like you're in alignment with. And it means letting go of all those structures back to 2017. So you can align with your divine 2024 from here until 2024 is about 2024 is like, I feel like it's going to be like, boom, like a shot out of a cannon. If you ready, you're going to like, it's all going to be there. Mm -hmm. I'm already living there. I feel like you're already there. We're already connected to this, this force of source. But I also feel like it's time for everybody to be, to be in this space because it's full of power. And it's full of love and it's not, it's not that it's free of suffering. It's just that it aligns us with a different vibration so that we're not trapped and um, enslaved in concepts that don't work and do not support. Right. And the only, the only person who can enslave you is yourself in yes. reality. Yes. And the only thing that enslaves you are your thoughts and yes. strong belief systems around the way you think a thing needs to happen or around your, your opinions, your being offended. I mean, the, the offendedness out there is crazy. <laughs> and I feel like it's like you're just hurting yourself. And so the, the, the it, it, it's like once that's what alchemy becoming the end of the book is about. I was like, I'm doing, I mean, that was my full awakening of I'm doing this to myself. I'm doing it to myself. I'm the one who's hurting me. It's not these men hurting me. It's not, you know, and then I found what my soul, when I went into the polarity of my experience and I, sorry, my puppy is, is dreaming. Um, so she's so sweet. <laughs> she was just talking. Um, but when I went into the opposite pole, like I could feel, I could then let go of, of that slavery system within my own self. Yeah. There's, yeah. This, there's a, a place in the, the Bible that says, you know, come to me as little children because ye shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. And just like you were talking about writing your book from this childlike perspective when we're curious in Gemini, um, we're still in, you know, Gemini season here for a couple more days. Um, and that's what solstice is. It's moving Gemini, the child like nature into cancer, which is the mother, right? So how can we be in a state of curiosity, of play, 
of lightheartedness because that is the space of non-attachment. I mean, a lot of like the cones of, of like spiritual gurus are, are around play and curiosity and loosening the strongholds of the mind through that, through that space. And, and we're going to need powerful teachers, all the powerful teachers. Like if I, if I ever fall in love with the teacher, <laughs> they're not talking about anything. They're just sitting there and their energy's flowing through them. And they're just talking about like, you know, they're like going on a walk and they're smiling and they're like in total playland. And, and I can think of so many teachers at the top of my mind that are just, none of them are serious. None of them are serious. It's sort of just like, who cares? You're going to die anyway. Yes. Who cares? Like if you don't get what you want, the way you think you need to have it. Anyway, how do people find you? Any more tidbits before we go? And like, can you, can they pay for readings? Like how can they get a hold of your energy and, 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 and repay you for this? Uh, I have my website, uh, melodymysticjoy.com. I offer spiritual coaching. I also do astrological readings and sessions, and I also do energy healing sessions, both via Zoom and in person if you live in the Northeast. I also have a YouTube channel, Melody Mystic Joy Astrology, where you can watch the lunar updates bi-monthly, so full and new moons, kind of what the energy is collectively. And then I'm on Instagram, Melody Mystic Joy. Great. And anything that's coming through that anybody needs to know, like about the equinoxes or anything as we're closing or go. This solstice is really important. There's, it is a surrender to love in whatever way that you connect to it. You're, you know, you're by the water right now. For me, that's a place that I connect to love, like being in love and connecting to the playfulness. And trusting that whatever, whatever arises is exactly the way that it needs to be. That's so, so true. Thank you so much. Oh my God, such a pleasure. <laughs>